I'm truly excited about today and because it's a new year. Woo! Man, uh, I'm surprised someone didn't uh, burn uh, 2021 in effigy. You know what I'm saying? You know, just light it up because that one, we wanted that done. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. You know, the, the title of the message today is um, 2022, A Year of Vision. And so, you know, vision, right? Right? Do you know how important vision is? I mean, I couldn't drive without it, right? I couldn't watch any programs on TV without it. I couldn't read my word without it, right? So when we talk about vision, we have to realize the importance of it. And just as it's important in the natural, it's important in the, in the spiritual. Our spiritual vision has got to be ignited. It's not something that is of, um, that we take for granted. When we have the spiritual vision that God has in, given us, and he's giving it through his word, through prayer, through worship, oh my God. You know, you just heard not, you just heard uh, Lamar say he got a little bit of touch there, right? Well, I bet it's a vision of God. Doesn't that do, don't you feel that when we worship? Don't you feel that you can see God? How many have experienced what I experienced? Come on, you online, let's see. Do you experience that? Because I don't want to just give another word. If you want another word, I can just put, you know, a TV program up here from any ministry and you'll get the word. I want you to have an experience. See, God is a God of experiences. And when we don't experience him, we start to become the best. The best that I can give is, you know how you do the ever ready bunny and you just wind him up like this, right? So when we're in his presence, we're wound up. We're ready to go. We're ready to face the day. We're ready to go and do, right? But without being in his presence, we get wound down, and we do everything to come back into his presence. And God has provided it that we be in his presence daily, hourly, every minute. See, before I grew up in a Christian household, you told me that. I go, are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> How can I do that? Because the natural mind has no way of accomplishing that. But when we receive our salvation and Jesus Christ comes into us, we're in his presence. Yes. I don't have to do exercises to get there. I just have to be obedient. Isn't that awesome? That's not my message, but isn't that awesome? <laughs> That's awesome. So I want to ask those that are here and also those that are online, I want to ask you, what does a new year mean to you? Okay. An answer to share here in, in the sanctuary. What does a new year mean to you? Opportunity. I love that. Someone else? Come on, New Year's means something because we're all excited about it, right? We'll stay up to and watch all fall. Are, are we having problems with our mic here? Okay. Anyone else? Oh, you don't expect anything from a new year. Is that what the messaging I'm getting here? Yes, sister. Huh, huh, forgive, forgiving someone, starting new. Yes, sister. A new start. Amen. Yes. Amen. And then those that are online, let's see here. What are some of the things you're expecting? God's vision is one. God's, God's vision is one. Amen. Um, new beginnings, new, ex, new expectations. That's good too. Yeah. Amen. 
new seasons and new assignments. Now we're rolling, right? When you start thinking about it, what are you expecting in the new year? Okay? So we're coming from a biblical beginning. I believe a new year is a new vision from God for his children, for the body, and for the church. Because the new year is coming into something we have, we have no knowledge of. So I can't be knowledge, right? And if we don't have knowledge, you know, our wisdom will come in play. But first we have to have the vision for wisdom to be activated. Well, you know what? That just came to me now. Because <laughs> it's, it's powerful. Because you keep on saying to other people that you may see, you know, I'm praying for God's wisdom. Well, if you don't have God's vision to operate in his wisdom, then what are you exactly wanting a vision of? Amen? A Jewish New Year, which is Rosh Hashanah. How many know about Rosh Hashanah? Amen. Yeah, very good. Yeah, very important. Rosh Hashanah commemorates, it gives memory of the creation of the world and marks the beginning of the days of awe. I love that word, awe. It takes your breath away. It hits you in the solar plexus because you can't define it. You can't give word to it. All you can say is, ah. I know Moses said that when he saw God, even though it was a backside of God. I know he said, ah, because it took his breath away. We need to have our breath taken away. And so when we go into Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish people do, it's a 10-day period. Now, get a hold of this. That has purpose in their new year. And that's where we're going. The new year has purpose. A 10-day period of retrospection and repentance, which leads to the Day of Atonement. We call these 10 days the days of awe, like I said, because of the awesome burden we feel both individually and collectively to atone for our misdeeds, to make peace with our brothers and sisters. And for the Jewish people, it was for them to be able to face God's judgment. Well, how many know we've accepted Christ as son? Are we under judgment? Mm. But we are under repentance. Does everyone see that difference? Amen. The world becomes excited for the new year, but we have taken out the godly significance of what a new year means for us as children. Hmm. So are you children of a living God? Okay, okay, you're children of a living God. So if you're children of a living God, then why do you think you're given a new year? Because he wants you to have it. He has given you this new year. I love that. Because when we think about how God blesses us, we take some things for granted. And when we say God gives us a new year, there's some that have not been able to enter into this new year. And they've gone home. But you're here because God wants to give you this new year. It's significant. It has a purpose. And so we're going to talk about that today. You know, when we receive from the Lord this new year, it connects us with him. Mm -hmm. Do you feel connected to the Lord in this new year? I know I do. Do you believe God is still talking today? This is an interactive session today. <laughs> Do you believe God is still talking today? Amen. Amen. Well, good, because I don't then need to go through three pages of my uh, <laughs> presentation today. <laughs> See, because when we know that God speaks, it shows in our life. When God speaks to his people and we listen, that's the other part, when we listen, it will show in our lives. Right? 
So the opposite of that is if you don't believe God is speaking today, and there are people who say they're saved, but they don't believe God speaks anymore, right? You know what, you know what I'm talking about? So when you see that and you look into their lives, you see the product of that too, right? Doubt, fear, right? Very easily swayed. So that's what they bear. That's the fruit they bear. A new year is significant to God. It is our time to wait upon the Lord for what he has to say. And what he has to say is his vision. We are experiencing a beginning, but a beginning of what? If you listen closely, you'll receive the vision from heaven for this year, 2022. See, that vision cannot be spoken by someone for you. There are corporate visions you'll hear. The body of Christ speak corporately of what God has given them for the vision for the body of Christ. But do you know you have an individual vision that God gives you? Amen. Anyone not see that? Because I'll add more into that. Because it's important for you to realize that you have an individual vision that God has for you. I want his vision for me. And I'm going to do things so I can have his vision. Because you see, interesting with the principles of God is if he gives in, we have to have an exchange. So when we accepted Christ as our personal savior, wasn't there an exchange? We gave him our sin and he gave us eternal life. Doesn't seem like a very fair <laughs> exchange, but it's, the, it's a wonderful exchange. And so he is a God wanting to exchange with us. Hallelujah. The news tries to tell you facts. So what's that news station that everyone's talking about? They always go kind of crazy. <laughs> well, they're all crazy, brother says. <laughs> and they're trying to give you facts on what's happening. But they don't have a vision, do they? They have nothing. It's like, whew, because it says gone. As fast as it came, it's gone. They're on to something new. Financial experts. In fact, all experts. Even in the medical field, the science field, the financial field, they will tell you what they think will happen, yet they always have to look at the past to see for the now. Okay? Right? You got that? They have to see in the past to see the now. They have no vision for the future. Do we live here and now and God is in our future? Do you see where he's at? Today is done. He's already on to the next. <laughs> that's, that's a beginning and an end because there is no beginning and there is no end. He's all. He's the infinites. Amen. Vision is seeing the future before it ever happens. God gave us the gift of vision so we would not have to live only by what we can see. The words vision and revelation are sometimes interchangeable. To reveal means to unveil something that was there all along but could not be seen externally. Mm. God proves himself to me every day with the vision or revelation he releases through his word. Through his word. Through his word. You know, it's getting to the point that you, this isn't a prop. <laughs> I'll see, I'll see, I'll see things on, online or, you know, okay, some teachings or whatever. I don't see this anywhere near there, right? But this isn't a prop. This is with me because it has my everything. Is yours with you because it's your everything? Because when we're seeking, we can't seek from others. We have to seek from this. 
separates his word. And when we open this up, guess who shows up? Jesus. Man, you can be in a room all by yourself, right? Right, Sandy? All by yourself. And you open it up, and boom, he's there. Man, today was nothing but experiencing his presence. I kept on, I was talking to family members, I said, it's a very emotional day for me. <laughs> because when you get a hold of his word, it touches us in ways nothing else can touch us. We can't even define it sometimes. James 3.17, please, brother. The apostle James wrote, okay, now I, I want us to see the word. You know, when you see the word, when you read the word, the word becomes in you. It's a teaching technique, actually. If we have any teachers here in the audience, it's a teaching technique. So when you see it, you say it, and then when you write it, it goes into memory. That's how they teach memorization. The apostle James wrote, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. God didn't want us to decide for ourselves what was good or true or just. We're seeing what happens when we do, and it doesn't look good, does it? We can point to examples just in this last year when we try to come up with what's good, what's not, and what's just. We rely on our wisdom and skewed sense of justice instead of his and often end up making ourselves God and judge, which only hurts ourselves and others in the process. This is what Solomon meant when he wrote, without vision, the people perish. Proverbs 29, 18. Let's go ahead and read that together. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. Without vision, the people perish. And as the prophet Hosea wrote, speaking as a mouthpiece of God, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Amen. The primary difference between the two words is that wisdom involves a healthy dose of perspective. Perspective is seeing. Perspective is vision. And the ability to make sound judgments about a subject while knowledge is simply we know. The vision being referred to in Proverbs 29, 18 is about receiving divine communication from God, whether it be from a dream, a revelation, or prophecy. The Hebrew word used is shazan. And look at the Strong's Bible Concordance. It describes it as, I'm going to give only one of the vision as um, oracle, prophecy, divine communication. That's one of the definitions of vision for that word shazan in Hebrew. When we examine scripture, we see the same word used in several other passages in the Bible. These references give light to the right interpretation of the word vision being used here. An example is in 1 Samuel 3.1. And I think I, I may have gone ahead of myself, but really what we're talking about here is God's vision. God's godly vision, not our vision. And what that means is God's vision is of him. God's vision is of him. 1 Samuel 3, 1 reads, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. Likewise, the same word is used to introduce the prophetic books of Isaiah, Obadiah, and some of the visions of Daniel. So during Samuel's time, they had no vision of God. They did not have God's vision. 
You can have a vision for yourself. You can have a vision for things that you may be going through that God is, is speaking to you. But God's vision, that word that's used in the, my people perish because lack of vision is because we don't have God's vision. That's the emphasis here. It's a lot of words, but that's the, the nexus of it is that it's about God's vision. From these scriptures, we can determine that the meaning of the word vision and see how to apply it in Proverbs 29, 18. Ultimately, the term used in Proverbs implies a lack of God's revelatory word. In the Old Testament, God was still giving new revelation to his people, but now we are a blessed people because we now have the word of God in our hands through the Bible. We have open communication with God. When we think about speaking to God, sometimes we get caught up in religious things we've been taught, right? I was making my, telling my husband my memories of being, I went to a, a Hispanic Protestant church growing up. And when, you know, you feel the Holy Spirit just come and reside, and then it would get a hold of a sister. It's always a particular sister right, right off the bat, right? And she would just be crying and weeping, and because God touched her with a vision of him. And the and back then, though, right? You know, how many Hispanics do I have? Because <laughs> back then, if sister was crying or brother was crying, they go, oh, what did they do? What did they do? And it's actually been so much a part of our walk that when we are moved by the Spirit of God, we temper ourselves. Do you all know what I'm talking about? We hold back. We don't share. We go, oh, I, I, I don't want to do that, right? I, I don't need to do that. That's okay. That's for her. That's for them. <laughs> but when God gets a hold of us, he gives us a part of himself. Why would you want to say no to that? And we as a mature body, which is what I see in front of me here today, we know that when we experience that, you're experiencing a touch, a vision from God. That's powerful. That is powerful. Amen. Whew. Amen. Whew. You know, in Proverbs 29, 18, it goes on to say, because most times people don't go to the next phrase in there, which is where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. We, you never hear about that scripture. <laughs> you see, this message is about talking about the revelation of God, his law as given to us. Now, that word law, we all tend to, especially in this society that we're in now, when we hear the word law, we go, our backs get up. Whose law? What law? And it's not about me. I, I, don't, I don't come under that law, right? Do you all know what I'm talking about? How, you, when you hear that word law, don't you have a reaction to it? Especially in the body of Christ. Because the message of mercy is so strong right now that they forgot about God's law. God's law never went away, but the definition of it hasn't been taught. Hmm. The law of God that was given to guide people to the truth. Apart from God, there is no life. This is his, this is his law. This is God's law in me and God's law in you. It is to send us and guide us through truth. Apart from God, there is no life, no hope, 
There's no meaning to life. Is that not a law? That's not changeable. That's what law is. God's law is not changeable. Without him, without God's law, these are the things that we will miss out on. And if God is good and just and true and invested in our spiritual health and well-being, his instructions are also good, just, true, and designed for our benefit. So when we don't minister the law of God, we are denying the benefits that God has for us. We're denying them. We're saying that, that God's law is not good for us when we don't minister from it, when we don't teach about it. This is not an easy message to give because God's law is so important to who he is and who he wants us to be in him. You see, I asked the Lord, I go, Lord, how does that go into vision for 2022? And he says, if you don't know my laws, if you don't know my goodness, my mercy comes through my laws, then how can you have my vision? You have but half of a pie. Well, I like the whole pie. <laughs> I like the whole pie. Amen. <laughs> I'll even tell you which pie it is. <laughs> God is so, he's so good. He's so good because he's not man. He is nothing to do with us. He is who he is. And he is the great Yahweh, the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. And he made you, he created you. He knew you in your mother's womb. Why would he want you to have the best? Why would he want you to say, this is who I am. I am thy father. I am thy heavenly father. I don't work with that group. I don't say those things. I come to tell you truth. Man has taken my word, has translated my word, and it's not a word you should understand because it's a lie. If you don't know when a lie is coming at you, you will be deceived. And God does not want to deceive people. That's why he wants to give you whose vision? His vision. Woof. This year of 2022, it's his vision all the way for me. I want to know where I'm going. I want to know where he wants to take me. And I want to embrace all of what he has for me. And when I abide in the law of God, I abide in a good place. It's a godly place. You know, we talk about going to the altars of God and, you know, we can go there because we are sanctified by the blood of Jesus. But do I want to just go there? No, I want to go experience. I want to be so close to him that I feel his breath on my cheek. I want to be so close to him that I feel his arms embracing me and keeping me. Where do you want to be? Do you want to be at the back of the room waiting for him to ask you to come forward? I don't think so. I want to be like the child that goes to see, you know, man's version of Santa Claus. And that child, you can't even hold them in your arms. They're running to be in that fat man's legs and to sit there and to say all the things they want. Well, you know what? We're children of God. When we go before the presence of God, we go running. We don't do this. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, we go running. God has something for me and I want it. And he has something to me because he needs me to have it. See, you may have a want, but he has a need. His need is to give it to you. And so those days, those days of denying who he is are over. 
They're over. They may preach a good message. They may have a big auditorium. They may have the best speakers in the valley, in the country, and nationally. But you know what? If the Holy Spirit isn't there, if the law of God is not there, it cannot stand. And if that's all that's being poured into you, you will not stand. And you know what, sister and brother? I love you. I love you. And I can't even touch the love of God on that one. Hallelujah. (sighs) When the people of the world do not accept the word of God, nor being taught in churches or individual Christians, not seeking the word of God to know him and his precepts, then they cast off restraint. We have seen it. It's here. There's no restraint. You see it when you're walking with your children, an abomination before God. When men are with men and women are with women, that's a sin. That's a sin. And it's not a greater sin, but it is sin. You cannot change that. Hallelujah. We need to pray that we don't, Facebook doesn't get involved here. Hallelujah. Because if we accept it, then we've turned from truth. We denied God's law. And what did we just experience? All the benefits of his law. What this means is that rather than regarding the word of God, they go their own way. They become lost in their sin and ultimately it leads to death and eternal judgment. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal. Jesus, our Lord. You see, what is all this about? It's about souls. It's about souls. I have souls in my family that need God in them. And so what do I have to do to be used by God, to ask God to send you to meet my family so that they hear the word of God from you? Because I'm not accepted in my own home. Just as Jesus wasn't, they just saw him for what he was, and they don't see him for what he is. So it is true with you. They don't see you for who you are. They see you for who you were. Ah, the devil, he, he, he thinks he's so smart, right? But you know what? We're a mighty bunch. We're a mighty bunch because I'm going to do everything I can so I can minister to your family and say that will save their soul to be used by God for souls to be used by God's for soul. So how can you be used from God for souls if you have no vision of who God is? If you have no vision of his vision, where are you going to speak from what you know? You're going to you're going to speak from him. Because when you do that, it's like plugging in. How many of you have been in that experience? I want to see some hands. When you plug in, the Holy Spirit downpours on you. And he downpours into those secret things in their heart. And it touches their heart. You can be getting gas. You can be in the grocery store. You can be in the cleaners. You can be at daycare. You can be with your friends. You can be any place, every place. Because when that download comes, you have God's vision. And when you plug in, his vision is mighty. And it's for the pulling down, pulling down. Come on. Why are we here to pull down the wickedness of this world? Pull down the lies that the enemy has propagated in society where we as Christians can't even speak the name of Jesus. We can't even say God's laws. Oh, no, no, we're we're not that group. (laughs) 
you're missing out on God's benefits. You're missing out. We're missing out on souls. That's what we're missing out on. You know, the examples of keeping God's law, because we what? We want God's vision, right? So to keep his laws. In 2 Corinthians 29, verse 5, listen to me, Levites, consecrate yourselves. So I'm going to replace that. Listen to me, Genesis upper room family. Consecrate yourselves now. Oof. And consecrate the temple of the Lord. Who's the temple of the Lord now? Who was the temple of the Lord? Tell me, who, where is the temple of the Lord? Do you think this scripture was for old times, the Old Testament? It's for now. You need to get your temple ready. You are crying for souls. God wants to use you to save souls. You need to get the temple ready. Remove all defilement from the sanctuary. Man, I read this scripture and I go, whoa, Lord, that's now. That's me. That's me. You're speaking to me so that I can speak it to the world. Defilement. Look up that word when you have a chance. Because there's some things that we do that we think, it's not a defilement. It doesn't bother anyone. But I'm going to ask you if Apostle Michael and I show up where you're at and you're doing this thing that is not defilement, not saying we're anyone special. But I'm going to tell you what happens when people are doing things and we show up and they're doing things that are defilement because of the way they act. They act like children who have been caught. If you can't do what you're doing in front of anyone in the body of Christ, I guarantee you it's a defilement. It doesn't have to be in your face with, you know, pornography and drugs and alcohol and all of that. Uh-uh. It's the little things that start to chip away at us, isn't it? It's the little things. And the scripture reads, our parents were unfaithful. They did evil in the eyes of the Lord our God and forsook him. How many are praying for your children? Those of you online, is like the whole service. Our children see what we do. It's not what we say. It's not where we go. It's what we're doing and saying all the time. Our children see. And we're not perfect parents. There's not one perfect parent. My hand is up there too. There is not one perfect parent. And the enemy comes in to our children and says, look at them. Look at the hypocrisy. What do you mean they love the Lord? Look at the way they're talking about their neighbor. That's what our children are hearing. We can speak about the goodness of God. That doesn't take the root because the enemy comes with a seed that we've allowed to come in because of our actions of what we've done if we have a temper you know what you need to take it to the lord if we have a foul mouth you know what you have to take it to the lord if you have a propensity for casting blame on those around you so that you devoured yourself of any responsibility you need to take that to the lord because that comes out of fear these are the things that God is wanting to perfect in us because he has a vision for 2022 for you. And he wants your family saved. We stand on that scripture for me and my family shall serve the Lord. Start taking a look around. Say, God, burn those things out of me. 
Get them out of me. Bring him to my face. That's what repentance does. And so Hezekiah says, now I intend to make a covenant with the Lord, the God of Israel, so that his fierce anger will turn away from us. And you know what? God has given us mercy. Mercy. This is when mercy comes in place because God quickly could take that mercy and flip it to his anger. But he covers us with his mercy. See, mercy doesn't give us a ticket to do what we want. It gives us a covering so God doesn't do what he can. <laughs> That's it. It's not, a, it's not a free-for-all. I've seen a lot of things written about that. It's not a free-for-all. It's a covering. Amen? Are you still with me? <laughs> Amen. When Jesus said repent, he was talking about a change of heart towards sin the world, and God, an inner change that gives rise to new ways of living that exalt Christ and give evidence of the truth of the gospel. See, Jesus came to say, repent. That was one of his first messages. Mount, repent. Hallelujah. I bet when they showed up, can you imagine? Okay, get an get eye view of this. So everyone's telling you there's this great prophet of God that he's a miracle healer right? That he's doing things they've never seen before. And so what do you think happened? Because it happens at every evangelistic tent meeting you can possibly imagine. What do you think? I got to be there. I got to be there because I want to get. Come on. I was there. Come on. I've been in this walk a long time. And then they show up. (laughs) Just imagine it. I'm going to get mine. I'm going to get mine. There's a whole song about that. I'm going to get mine. And then Jesus comes out. And what does he say? Come and get it. He says, repent, repent. (laughs) They were blown away. Couldn't you see that? I want my money back. (laughs) He probably said, I want my ticket back. (laughs) Because they were hearing something that the Pharisees had not been saying. Because the Pharisees had not repented. So how could they minister about being with God, in God, because they hadn't done it. See, whatever we give out up here, it goes back to us four times greater. Amen, so that we can give it out. Here are some thoughts to help make the meaning of repentance more plain. Mm. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 4, 17, because I want you to know, it's not me saying this. These are written in the word of God. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Well, what does the Lord tell us? We are all sinners, right? And we accept Christ. We are born again. Hallelujah. But we still sin. We saw it in the scriptures when Jesus was here with his disciples. The men in Nivea will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they, ha- for they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. Hallelujah. Something greater than Yvonne is here. That is how it's so important right now. Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Do you think he's only talking about that time, brother, when we accepted Christ as, as, as our personal Savior, that that's the last time we have to repent? Yeah, I know. No. But we act like it. We put on a persona. God doesn't want personas. I want to know you. I want to love you for who 
you are. I don't need to have a church lady. I don't need to have a church man in front of me. I want them out of the way because I want the real. I want the transparent. I want the fullness of who God made you to be because then I know that there's something God's using in you to break you free. See, he doesn't deal with facades. God is done with facades. He's so tired of facades. Didn't you see what he did with the Pharisees? Didn't you see what he did with Egypt? It was nothing but facades. He's done with it. We're not to put that on. We're to be real. Hallelujah. The first demand of Jesus' public ministry was repent. He spoke this command indiscriminately to all who would listen. It was a call for radical inward change towards God and man. You're seeing this, right? It's our relationship with him. But this is where God wants you to see it. It's your relationship with each other. That's where he wants to go. But we need to go here for it to flow from here. And when that flow starts to come, man, lives are changed around you circumstances are changed around you they may not look like they changed the world but you know they've changed I could give so many testimonies because that's where our testimony comes from is from change it's from the change that we get here that we're able to experience out this way man may see it they don't understand it they think we're delusional in fact I had a doctor tell me that when you're delusional and I said that's okay because I know truth see God is good all the time. Hallelujah. Whew. Well, I'm moving ahead here because there's so much. All need repentance. And the need is urgent, Jesus said. Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. What did he mean by perish? He meant that the final judgment of God will fall on those who don't repent. The men in Nivea will rise up at the judgment with his generation, condemn it, for they repented of the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. Jesus, the Son of God, is warning people the judgment to come, offering escape if we will repent. If we will not repent, Jesus has one word for us, woe to you. Matthew eleven twenty one. 21. Mm. Apostle Michael spoke in 2019 and 2020, and if you remember this, raise your hand, that there would be a revival of repentance. That revival has been at the doors of heaven. I want you to see that. And we, the saints, need to confirm ourselves to repentance. Okay, this is about us. First, so that those who are in sin can receive salvation through our repentance. When God gave that to me, it broke me. Because I saw what he does when we repent. You see... When we repent in the natural, it, we think we're saying we did something wrong. We think that we're saying I'm wrong, I'm bad, I'm not worthy. But repentance is not what he's looking for. The repentance that we give to him is our heart. We repent because our heart 
needs you, Lord, and anything that is not of you, whether we committed it or whether we don't even know that we committed it, we say, get it out of us. I repent from those things. I repent from those things. I want them gone because they're not of you. And you have told me that you are working in me for the souls to come. I need to open that door. That repentance door of, of, um, revel of revelation, the repentance door of revelation of revival needs to open now. Can you think of any other time in history that we did not need repentance? We need repentance now, even in a greater measure. Even in a greater measure, now is the time. The prophet spoke it forth. Other prophets came alongside after he had spoken. He had spoken six months before I even heard it. It may have been out there earlier, but I sure didn't hear it. And he spoke it because people were talking about revival, but they didn't know what the revival was. They were thinking it's an old-time revival. No, those days are gone. It's done. We need to get the saints ready because when we bring in the harvest, the harvest, the harvest, are you ready to pre preach and minister, carry, pray for, support, mentor? Are you ready to lead them into a greater depth with God? Have you repented? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. For what good is revival when the saints are not ready? You know, is it, we come here in the church. I'm going to give you a little insight. And when I come up to pray for the body um, I am so joyful to do that. And I know you could speak to any of the ministers here. We're so joyful to do that because it's an honor. But when we're praying for the body, the Lord reveals things. We don't speak it out. It's not for us to speak out. But you know why God reveals it to us? So we can pray in. So we can pray in for the healing, for the knowledge, for the wisdom and to embrace more of him in a greater measure. Because when you embrace him, you give him the all. The all. And it's so easy to do. It is so easy to do. And yet it requires everything. So today, if you'll allow me, I'm going to release this prophecy God gave me. Let's get a mind of Christ right now. These are his words. Hallelujah. God has heard you. God has seen you. He's with you and he has you. I don't know all things. But what I do know is God wants to meet you here today. He wants to make an experience happen because he's a God of experiences. I am God, your father. I hold the universe in my hand. I hold you in the other hand. You are precious to me, for you were created by me for me to dwell with you, have communion with you. What is your purpose? To be in my presence. My presence holds all that you need or could hope for, for my supplies are endless. This is the age of awe, for my vision is for you and all that you touch to bear great fruit, both spiritually and physically. Just as Moses had the vision of the cry of my people in captivity, 
so now is the vision of my people caught in the captivity of sin. Open your spiritual eyes to hear the cry of the motherless and the fatherless. Hear the cry for hope from the hopeless. I have created you to be a portal of my spirit to change a world that can only be changed by the spirit of me. I call you to speak to me for you will, excuse me, I call you to seek me for you will find me. I have a great cry. I hear a great cry from earth. God, where are you? It grieves my heart. It grieves the heart of my chosen people. My people have been sifted, and I have called the remnant to rise to answer the cry that they hear with their spiritual ears. If not now, then when? When will you arm yourself with my word to beat back that which defiles men, women, and children? Sin will not rule this world unless my people have lost faith in who my son is in them and no longer allow themselves to be guided by my Holy Spirit. Rise, I tell you, to embrace your identity in my son, Jesus Christ, for all he did and has done was for you to be the greatest weapon against the evil one. I cloth you in beautiful robes that are spotless and unique to you, for I have known you in your mother's womb. Come and be with me as I am with you, day and night.